Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are continuing through the New Testament, one chapter a day. We're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. There's an awful lot in this chapter, so we're going to have to jump over one little portion so that we can get to some of the things that are setting up the chapters to come. So we're in chapter 19, starting with verse 1. And it says, As Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, so Jesus is traveling around with his disciples. He's over there in the area of Jericho now, uh, what, what today would be uh, called the West Bank. And there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, he was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. And so we've talked about the tax collectors before, how they collected money for the Romans from the Jewish community and you know weren't always liked because uh, they were supporting the oppressors. So he wanted to see who Jesus was. Well, a lot of people want to see who Jesus was. And I think there's a lesson here that there's a curiosity about Jesus. People hear about Jesus and they want to see the real Jesus. And often I think that we as believers, we as what they call the church, have uh, not always presented the real Jesus. But Zacchaeus has heard about him. He wants to see Jesus. But he was short and he couldn't see over the crowd. A lot of people there. You know what this is like. Maybe you've been at a parade or something and you get there late and you're in the back and you can't see and so he wants to see but he's sure he couldn't so he ran ahead and he climbed into a sycamore fig tree to see him since jesus was coming that way gets up in the tree to see him and i think you can imagine a scene like this when you, if you've been at a parade or something like that you've seen similar scenes with people trying to get a good spot when jesus reached that spot he looked up and he saw him he sees the guy in the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Now, this is sort of a miracle because Jesus calls him out by name. How does Jesus know this guy? Well, Jesus knows him. He said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he's going to go stay with Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, the one who is probably really hated in the neighborhood. And Jesus is going to go over there. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. This guy was pleased to have Jesus in his house. Well, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. Began to mutter. They said, he's gone, into, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Why would Jesus do that? Well, aren't you happy? Aren't you glad that Jesus likes to be the guest of sinners? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, Lord. He recognizes Jesus. This is amazing that he recognizes Jesus as Lord. And being in the presence of Jesus and recognizing him as Lord, he realizes that he is, in fact, a sinner. Nobody needs to tell this guy that he's a sinner. He knows he's a sinner. And he said, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. He's got a, this is radical transformation. This guy, who obviously has been pursuing wealth and has done it at great expense because it cost you friendships to be a tax collector in ancient Israel when you're collecting taxes for Rome, he said, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, well, he has. We're relatively certain of that because the tax collectors would cheat. That's how they would make a lot of their money would be by cheating people. And Rome's not going to do anything about them cheating people. And if I've cheated anyone, I'll pay him back four times the amount I cheated him out of. This guy has had a complete transformation, complete change. And Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too, he's the son of Abraham. 
For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So Jesus is looking for sinners. Jesus is looking for those who are lost. Jesus is looking for the strays. Now, this man isn't saved because he's giving these things up. He's giving these things up because he is saved. He's giving them up because his life is transformed. He's given them up because he realizes that he needs to have a whole new way of living, that he hasn't been living the right way. And now that he's following God, everything changes. His whole world changes. His whole perspective changes. <clears throat> so we need to skip the intervening part because it's awfully long verses 11 uh, through 27. We're going to pick up in chapter 28 because this is important for what's going on in the future chapters in Luke. Verse 28. As Jesus had said this, he went up ahead going to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethage of Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you're going to find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you doing uh, untying it? Say that the Lord needs it. <clears throat> now, this is going to be an event that we call Palm Sunday, uh, where Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a colt. He's going to be declared king. He's going to be declared king. Now, they think he's going to be the earthly king and that the kingdom of God is going to come quickly, meaning the establishment of Israel once again, they're going to take back their land, take back their territory, take back their history from Rome. That's what they think. But Jesus is establishing a different kind of kingdom. But nevertheless, he's coming into Rome, he's coming into Jerusalem <clears throat> to be king. Well, those who were sent ahead and uh, went and they found it just as Jesus had told them. The cult was there exactly as they said. And as they were untying the cult, its owners asked them, "Why are you untying this cult?" And they said, the Lord needs it. And, and they said, oh, oh, okay, the Lord needs it. So, so they brought it to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on the colt, and they put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Now, this is quite an act of worship, and it's quite sacrificial. Might not sound like it right there. But you see, if you lived in the ancient world, your cloak was everything. You didn't have a lot of, a, a lot of variety of clothing. You didn't go into the closet and see all of these things that you could wear today. What's my wardrobe? What am I going to wear? You would just have a few articles of clothing and your cloak was very, very important because you, you probably would sleep in your cloak when it was cold. You would wear it as an, as an outer garment. It would come down to your ankles. Uh, when you needed to walk places, you would pull it up, uh, you know, over your belt so that it's, you know, about knee length. Uh, they used it for everything. So the idea of taking your valuable cloak and putting it on the colt for Jesus to sit on and then throwing it down on the road for Jesus in, in the colt to walk on, you see, they're giving him the red carpet treatment. He's coming in. He's a king. They're preparing the way. They're, they're, they're setting up the road, the red carpet for him to come in and it's people's cloaks. This is valuable worship. People are, people are giving up something very valuable. And and maybe you think, well, I'm going to go back and get my cloak. But you know, there's a big crowd there. You may never see it again. It may be the last you see of your cloak. So when he came to the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. They're cheering, you know, praise Jesus, save now. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Well, they're worshiping Jesus, and they were putting palms down on the road. That's why they call it Palm Sunday. Why palms? Because they didn't have oak trees. They had palm trees, so they cut down the palms, and they put them on the road. Well, some of the Pharisees in the crowd 
um, said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Stop them from praising. Stop them from praising you. And Jesus said, I tell you what, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You know, all of creation worships God. And so if, the, if people aren't praising God, then stones will be praising God. We're meant to praise God. We're created to praise God. We're created to be praisers. Well, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Why? Because Jerusalem was the place that was to be set aside to be the, the place where the people of God had their capital, where, where, where heaven and earth met. That was the picture there. The temple was there, and the temple was where heaven and earth meet together. Uh, well, they had rejected Jesus, and he cries over the city because they were supposed to be something they never lived up to. They never, they never became that. They never became a light to the world as they were supposed to. And he said, if you, even you, had known on this day what would bring you peace, peace between you and God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, but now it's hidden from your eyes. You're not going to see it. You don't see it. Um, you, you're going to ask for Jesus to be crucified not, not many hours from now. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and will encircle you and hem you in from every side. He's talking about the city of Jerusalem. And that happened. This is in about the year 33. And in the year 70, Rome did in fact encircle the city and take the city and build an embankment and destroy the city. And the people were scattered, just like Jesus said. They'll encircle you and hem you in from every side. They'll dash you to the ground, you and your children within the walls. You can read the, the, this account from a historian named Josephus. I think you can find it online for free. Josephus is his name, Joseph with a U.S. on the end. Uh, they, they will not leave one stone on another because you didn't recognize the time of God's coming to you. You see, Jesus was coming. He was going to be the true temple. He was going to be the, the true salvation. He was going to be the one where heaven does, in fact, meet earth. That's uh, you know, the kingdom of God is. But they rejected him. And uh, they're re rejecting him that particular day. So when Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. He said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of robbers. You've commercialized You've commercialized religion. You've commercialized the gospel. You've commercialized all of this. You're using it for your advantage, not for the glory of God. Every day he was teaching in the temple, but the chief priests and the teachers of the law among the people were trying to kill him. We're trying to kill Jesus for what? He didn't do anything. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. Well, they're going to do it because Jesus came to die. That's what he came he was born for that. He was born to come and to die on the cross for us. So we'll continue on in uh, the New Testament. So Bible and Daily Life, uh, find us where you find us. Bless you guys. I um, love doing this with you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved.